when you try me with a mediocre question, that's the result you're going to get. <laughs> uh, starting left fielder. Uh, Ichiro. No! God, please, no! No! There is some potential there. If he would just, I don't know, use his brain. Um, <laughs> because, especially, I mean, come on, man. Jerry Depoto's the GM. Who the hell knows? Looking out my window and this FedEx driver just hit a tree. You are no gentleman. And neither are you. Soto Mojo Podcast. This is Colby Patnote. I'm joined, as always, by Ty Gonzalez. Ty, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Uh, it's good to be uh, good to be on talking some Mariner baseball. We actually have something to talk about, like something actually substantial yeah. to talk about. So, uh, yeah, should be a good one. I'm looking forward to it. Right on. Yeah, uh, on today's show, guys, we are going to we have a bit of a jam packed show. We'll see how fast we can get through this. Uh, but on today's show, we are going to talk about the report that Evan White has signed a major league deal before making his big league debut. Um, So we'll talk a little bit about that, go over some of the details that we know. Uh, We're also going to talk about the Rule 5 draft and why the Mariners may not have decided to add anybody uh, to their 40-man roster. Then we're going to talk a little bit about our off-season sim. Uh, We have two articles up right now at sotomojo.com that go into a little bit of a deeper dive into what we've been working on. Uh, But we'll go through some of our bigger moves and maybe some that we – we walked away from uh we'll talk about that and then we have a uh handful of uh questions from you guys um you know you guys have been a lot better on the question front lately in terms of volume um so we'll try and cram as many of those into this episode as we can so that's uh that's the uh show sheet for today but uh ty where do you want to start you want to start big news or what do you what do you think yeah let's get into the big 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 beefy news all right, and that is, of course, that the Seattle Mariners uniforms are not being... No, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, the, uh, the, the big news of the day here is that uh, Evan White is going to be a Seattle Mariner for a very long time. He has signed a six-year major league contract with the Seattle Mariners, of course, worth $24 million is the last time I saw. Um, it's the last official count I saw with three consecutive team options that total somewhere in the neighborhood of $30 million. All in all, by all indications, reports right now are, is that this deal maxes out at nine years, $55 million mm-hmm. uh, for a player who has yet to play a major league baseball game. Uh, fun little fact here. He is the fourth player to sign an extension, a major league contract uh, before ever playing a major league game. Um, and he's, he's the off. first uh, double a player to do yep. it, right? Yeah. Yep, Scott Kingery did it uh, last just last year, uh, or this year, depending on how you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, he signed his basically an ex- the exact same deal uh, with the Phillies, and that worked out really well for the Phillies. And so the Mariners, uh, we've been talking about, you know, when are they going to extend some guys? But we were focusing on Mitch Haniger and maybe Marco Gonzalez. But Ty, I mean, did you see this coming? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't think uh, anyone did. You know, I, we, we've been seeing more of this, um, you know, uh, recently, especially with how the, the free agent market has been over the last couple of years. Uh, you saw this with uh, Eloy Jimenez. You saw it with Ronald Acuna, et cetera. Uh, but never really, you know, with a player that, that uh, you know, you mentioned Scott Kingery, of course. But, you know, this is the first time ever that a, that a player that's never played above double A 
has gotten uh, a contract extension like this. This is um, pretty uh, sh- shocking, honestly. It's a story, really. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, Evan White. We know that you know right now. If Evan White played today, he would probably win the gold glove at first base. We know that he is an elite first base defender. Um, but there have been some questions about his offense. Of course, he has gotten things turned around over the last couple of years and has been a pretty good hitter. There still are some things that he could work on. Um, but, I mean, you look at the numbers away or when he's on the road uh, in AA. You know, of course, the, the Travelers ballpark, I forget what it's called, but that has been kind of torturous to, to hitters. You know, you look at the splits for Kyle Lewis and, and as and Evan White as well, you know. Uh, yeah. And, um, you know, so you got to think that he is um, pretty close to being ready, at least. There are still some things to work on, but they they see him as a legitimate piece for their future. And, um, yeah, it's it's... I mean, it's exciting because that is a whole lot of faith you're putting into one one guy that's never played a single uh inning in major league baseball and um but that you know that means that they see something very special in him and um that gets me excited that gets me excited to see it to see a move like that and yeah yeah i think you know um you say it takes a lot of faith and it does but it's also a very little risk uh from the mariners side of things uh, as well like we mentioned the first six years of the deal are worth roughly based on all the reports we're reading 24 million dollars total mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you know you talk about what you know what does a four million dollar player per year need to produce to be worth that investment it's a little bit less than half a win i mean yeah uh, you know most people are willing to concede that one war is worth seven million dollars um so you know, for Evan White to be worth $24 million over six, he needs about half a one a year, um, which is he might and be, to be fair, that And to be fair, that's one season of Robinson Cano. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, I mean, and you're getting six years out of uh, out of White for that. So, um, yeah, you know, it's just it's one of those things that um, there's very little risk to the organization. The player gets... Uh, you know, gets safety and security now. They get money now. Um, you know, Evan White's going from... I mean, White was a first-round pick, so he had that $3 million signing bonus. So he wasn't starving, but he goes from, uh, you know, minor league wages to $4 million this year, or however the money breaks down. We don't know. We don't have the exact breakdown yet. We don't know um, how much he's getting in year one, but he's going to get a pretty hefty pay bump. Um, I think maybe most importantly for Evan White in the short term at least, is that this eliminates the service time game that clubs mm-hmm. can play. Yep. Uh, you know, if Evan White hadn't signed this deal and he went into the, uh, spring training and he was the best first baseman on the roster and it wasn't close, Maris still probably would have sent him down um, for at least, you know, a month or so to try and manipulate that service time. Well, his service time starts now on opening day of the spring, uh, opening day of the regular season he's accumulating major league service time. So if he's ready to be at the big leagues, why would you waste that service time by having him in the minors? So um, that, that's a big, a uh, big plus for Evan white. Um, 
like I said, he gets the money now, and the Mariners lock up a player who, if he is even just a two-win, you know, just a starter uh, for the next six years, uh, the Mariners will have, you know, basically doubled the investment, the return on investment that they put in Evan White. So mm-hmm. uh, there's really no downside for the Mariners, and um, it's it's a nice trade-off for uh, for Evan White. And you know, there there are going to be people who uh, who question whether or not White should have waited, and you know, how much money did he cost him by taking this deal now? And you know, those people they have valid points, but also. You know, if somebody hands you is saying, "Hey, we're going to hand you twenty-four million dollars guaranteed if you sign this deal now," yeah, you go ahead and tell the kid he shouldn't take that. I mean, so, um, you know, I just I, I'm not really seeing. Are you seeing any downside in this? Because I am not. Yeah, I mean, uh, there really isn't. Um, the only thing that would really be a downside to this is if. White has, you know, knock on wood, a, a career-ending injury early on in the contract. Right. Um, other than that, yeah, like you said, he only has to be worth half a win each year for it to be worth it. Um, that's, I mean, there really is no risk involved here. It's, you know, uh, and when I said faith, you know, or that this you know takes a bit of faith. It's just it's more so that they really just see this guy as as worth it, as worth uh, the money now and worth uh, the security and worth and also that you know they they seem to have the foresight to tell that you know they want this guy around for a while. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I I, I think it's. It's a really cool move. Um, you know, of course, you know, like you mentioned, you know, we, you know, three years, four years from now, we might be wondering, you know, if he should have waited, you know, um, but you know, it is what it is. And that's kind of how things have been uh, going lately in Major League Baseball. You look at the Merrifield. Mir- extension you look at the Eloy Jimenez extension you look at the Ronald Acuna extension etc you know these guys are taking money um, that may be well below their value but they're doing it for the security and um, and I mean you can't blame them for that but you know you you do kind of have to worry if you know in a, in a couple years if Evan White is a five six win player right you know, each year that you know he may have he may have messed things up for his his future income right i mean if if that's the case then he certainly took a hit um but at the end of the day he'll have 24 million dollars in his bank account so um so are the three options all club options yes that's that's my understanding is they're all club options they're going to total about 30 million dollars we don't know how they break down um but anyway, you want to spend it to average about $10 million per option year. Wow. Yeah. Nice. This is almost the exact same deal that Scott Kingery got. Um, and so, you know, it's the potential for nine years of club control. Um, if the Mariners exercise all nine options, or sorry, all three options, and it's a full nine year deal, I think White is going to get, um, and I think he won't hit free agency until he's 32. Yep, 20, uh, 20, 30. 
Yeah, that's crazy. I believe. Yeah. yeah. After the 2019 season or 2029 season. Yeah. So yeah, um, we'll we'll see how it works out for him. But you know, I think, like I said, I think this is a good move um, for the Mariners certainly, and I'm not going to, you know, criticize a 24 year old or 23 year old who just got offered, you know, 24 million dollars. Yeah. Uh, before he's ever played a you know a major league baseball game, uh, I'm not going to be that guy. Um, real fast before we move on, um, you mentioned Evan White's defense. I think you know offensively. Um, you know, I, I think he's probably going to hit for average. Uh, I think that's pretty much a given. He's line drive, a line drive hitter. Um, he has a good recognition of the strike zone, uh, creates a lot of backspin. He has above average bat speed. Uh, so I think he's probably going to, you know, hit, he'll probably have season where he hits around 300. Um, you know, he walks enough and the average should be high enough that he's going to put up a, you know, 340, 350 on base percentage. And the question's going to be home runs. I think he'll slug. I think he'll slug, you know, 450, north of 450 most years. It's just a matter of whether that's going to be a lot of doubles or, you know, 25 to 30 home runs. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, first base, you would like the home runs. Um, but Evan White is a really, really good um, base runner as well. He's fast. He's a good athlete. Um, like I said, most scouts believe he could handle center field. Um, at at least an average clip if the Mariners decided to move him out there. Uh, that's the kind of athlete we're talking about, and he's at first base. So he's a little bit of a different first baseman. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, everything seems to point to him being at least an average Major League Baseball player. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and you got to think that his defense alone may make yeah. him a two-win player, even I mean, if he was abysmal offensively. Right. Like his I, defense is that good. Yeah, it is. Um, the di- the difference here is that first base defense, the metrics, sure, the defensive yeah. metrics haven't really caught up with first base yet, um, because there's a lot of things like a lot of defensive metrics are based on range. Well, I mean, it's great to have a first baseman with insane range like Evan White does have, um, but I'd rather have a guy who's excellent around the bag um, and somebody you know who who digs out the bad throws. Uh, you know that that's my primary concern with the first base would be, okay, well, you know, how well do you handle the bad throws? How's your footwork around the bag? Uh, that type of stuff. Chasing foul balls down the line is, I mean, it's nice after seeing Bobo back and, you know, Deho Lee uh, fail through that for so many years. That'll be nice to watch, but uh, I, I'm much more concerned with how he is around the bag. And there don't, there's just not really a lot of metrics there um, to fix that. You, you start talking about, you know, other other infielders having that trust in their first baseman, they're going to get this throw. Um, they don't have to be as fine. You know, the the double play ball doesn't have to be perfect when you have Evan White taking the throw from, you know, Shed Long. He doesn't have to worry about putting the perfect throw on it. He's just got to get it too white in time, and he'll make sure that it's caught. Um, that has value. That, that should make everybody else on the infield better. Um, we'll see if it does, but I think we... Uh, I, I think, you know, it's – I feel very confident that Evan White is going to return this investment, you know, at least twofold. Um, I'm a big Evan White fan. Um, I think he's at least an average major leaguer. Um, and while that's not exciting, it is most definitely worth $4 million a year. So yep. we'll see how it works out. I mean, I, I, I'm a big fan of this. And also I think this sends a really a nice message loud and clear 
to the rest of the guys in the minor leagues, and that is, you know, you guys put in the work, we'll put money in your bank account. So that brings up another question. Is this their plan for Jerry Kelnick, Julio Rodriguez, maybe even someone like Kyle Lewis? Do they do this again? Um, Yeah, this contract in particular, uh, offer it to all of them. I don't really care. Um, yeah. I, I don't think anybody, I don't think a guy like Kelnick would accept it and mm-hmm. I don't think he should. Um, I, I think, you know, I don't think Julio would accept it. If you're Kyle Lewis, I think you'd probably strongly consider it because you've already had the injury history. Um, you know, so if the Mariners plan is to offer extensions to, you know, their core, their minor league core, I'm all for that. Um, obviously you have to take a, every deal on an individual basis, um, and just kind of look at the deal by itself. But, yeah, if, if the Mariners are will, are going to do this with other guys, uh, then I'm fine with that. I mean, yeah. like I said, there's very little downside to the club to do these type of deals. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's, I mean, if that's the plan, then I can get on board with that. So, off topic, but I just saw this John Morosi tweet that says that the Phillies are pursuing Didi Gregorius and that, Gene Segura would move to a different position or be traded. <laughs> I hope he's traded. Oh, yeah. that would be after. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, at this stage of his career, it's pretty hard not to look at Gene Segura as some sort of clubhouse cancer. Um, I mean, how do you not draw that conclusion? Yeah. I mean, if he's, if he's on his way out again, uh, yeah. We'll see, I mean, Segura's pr- probably if the. Well, I don't know because are the Phillies planned? Are they planning on moving Kingery back to second, or is he their center fielder? You know, because uh, oh. Segura at second would be great. Um, you know, he's an average shortstop. He'd be pretty good at second, but if they're just going to trade him away again, I mean, that's what, what five teams in five years for Gene Segura. Like, yep. yeah, that's there's pretty obvious uh, signs there. Um, but anyways, Gene Segura is not our concern anymore. Uh, let's, let's move back to things that are, um, so yeah, the Evan White thing, uh, good for the Mariners, good for Evan White, and we'll see if they decide or want to try and do this with other players. Um, but let's jump over real fast and talk about the rule five draft, um, or the deadline to set your 40 man roster for the rule five draft at least. Uh, this is a uh, this was a day where we kind of expected the Mariners to make a trade, maybe, or you know, add a couple guys to their forty man, and they did nothing. Um, so Ty, I mean, what was your level of uh, surprise when the the forty man deadline came and passed, and the Mariners didn't add anybody to their forty man roster via trade yeah. or just you know in their own own, uh, own organization? Yeah, I mean, um, what's the 40-man roster at right now? 35? Um, it's a little, yeah, it's a little surprising. Um, I was, I you know, I, I didn't uh, fully expect them to add anyone from their farm to the 40-man roster right now. Um, I thought LJ Newsom was an outside possibility, but I still don't think that he's necessarily ready for the big leagues, so I'm not really sure how realistic there is of, of a team uh, taking him. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, 
it's surprising that Depoto's been this quiet, right? And yeah. especially around that time, not to, you know, maybe go out and talk to the Rays about Jake Cronenworth, you know, or something like that. You know, it, um, or even talk- Jose De Leon who got traded. Yeah, um, a great fit. But you know, it's uh, clearly there's a plan. <laughs> I would assume so. Shout out to John Hammond. Uh, is there but, a plan? Yeah, yeah. Is there? Is a plan? there? Uh, LJ Newsom not being added is a clear indication that the Seattle Mariners have no plan whatsoever, and they're just kind of tilting at windmills. They're going to be stuck in obscurity forever because they have no plan. LJ well, Newsom proves exactly. So with, uh, I mean, with five spots open on the forty-man roster, you got to assume that they have some sort of idea what they're going to do with those spots. Uh, but yeah, we're we're just not seeing it yet. But yeah, it's a, it's a bit surprising. Yep, it is. Um, like I said, L, like you said, L.J. Newsom was really the only guy. I know that um, you know, Lookout Landing kind of uh, they were pushing the idea of Jack Anderson uh, uh-huh. being added, which uh, made some sense um, certainly. But uh, overall, if they were going to add anybody, I was. Like I said, I was pretty 50-50 they were going to add anybody. I didn't think they were, but I thought it was, you know, I would say probably a 45% chance they added Newsom. Um, they chose not to. We'll see if he gets picked. Um, the thing you have to remember about the Rule 5 draft, though, guys, is that just because you're picked doesn't mean you're gone forever. Uh, you know, the team who picks LJ Newsom could decide, decide that he's not worth a roster spot, and they would have to offer him back up to the Mariners who uh, at that point would, I'm sure, gladly take him. Um, so it's not a guarantee that Newsom gets picked. I would say, you know, it seems like a true 50-50 proposition. I think the odds that he sticks in the big leagues for an entire season are less than 50-50. Um, so if you're asking me if one year from today, are we talking about L.J. Newsom, uh, you know, as a, as a Mariners organizational player, I would say, yeah, probably still. Um, but we'll see. Um, I, I think, you know, like you said, the tra- no trading thing is interesting. Um, but you know, it's, it's entirely possible that the Mariners, uh, you know, they have a guy in mind that they want to take in the rule five draft and they think he'll be there when they pick at six. Yeah. Um, so they just say, you know what? We don't need to trade for that guy. We'll, we'll just draft him. Um, so we'll see. There's some really interesting names, um, available this year. We're not going to talk about. We're not going to talk about them on this podcast. We will talk about whoever gets picked when the Mariners uh, make a selection in the Rule Five. If they do, um, I'm assuming they will. I mean, um, they have the last two years. Ty, can you name the last two Rule Five draft picks the Mariners made? Brandon Brennan and yep. uh, God. Why am I blanking on the other one? All of a sudden, oh my God! Ichiro feel... is connected to him somehow. In my own twisted mind. Why am I? What? The, oh, Mike Ford. That yeah. is correct. Mike yeah. Jeez. <laughs> had to have old ass Ichiro on the roster to give away Mike Ford. Yeah. Um, still bugs me to this day, and I don't even know if Mike. And Mike Ford had two home runs against the Mariners. <laughs> Just saying, the Mariners could have had what? Uh, how many wins they ended up with? Sixty-eight. They could have had 69 wins if they had kept Matt Ford. Are you kidding me? 
How nice would that have been? Anyways. Last year, Mike Ford slash 259, 350, 559 with 12 home runs. 134 WRC+. plus. It's fine, though, because you had to have 40-year-old Ichiro hit 200 with a 200 slugging percentage. For 15 fine. games. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Brilliant. One of yeah. the worst moves in the Jerry DePoto era. I mean, just, just terrible. Anyways, so I think the Mariners will probably make a selection. We'll see who it is. Um, yeah, I... I like I said, I, I'm probably on a scale of one to ten of surprise that they didn't add Newsom. I'd probably say a four um, on the scale on that scale that they didn't make a trade on that day. Probably a six or a seven. Um, but we'll see how it works out. Like I said, the Rule Five Draft I believe is December 12th this year. Um, it's the last day of the winter meetings. I I think that plans on December 12th. So yeah, we'll see if any Mariners get selected we'll see if the Mariners select anybody. Um, and I, I think they, they probably will. So we'll wait and see how all that plays out, but that's a little bit less than a month away. And that is the next time we will talk about the rule five draft. So let's go ahead and let's talk a little bit about our off season simulation here at fan sided before we, uh, before we jump into your guys' questions. So, let me just set this up real fast, and then we can uh, we can dive right in. So, if you guys haven't been following along, the off-season simulation is a very simple exercise. The site experts, which are basically the editors of the thirty uh, of the uh, thirty MLB uh, websites that we have, um, those site experts, mostly site experts. There's a few other people, but whatever. We've all picked teams, the teams we write for, mm-hmm. and we are the GMs of those teams for the next couple days. Um, and basically, we simulate an offseason. We non-tender guys, we sign free agents, we make trades, uh, we clear guys off the 40-man, um, we make offers, we talk trade with other teams, we talk with agents, yada, yada, yada. Um, and so obviously Ty and I are the Seattle Mariners. Um and it's interesting. To, what's interesting to me about this simulation in general is that the GMs in it are not necessarily making deals that they think will happen in real life. That's not really the point per se. The point is basically, and maybe Ty, Ty, maybe you can explain this better, but basically is here's a fictional market and mm. we're going to react to the market You know, in this exercise based on this alternate universe where the 30, I think there's 36, 37 participants of this mm-hmm. are now in charge of major league baseball teams. And so while the Mariners may not have made some of the trades that we made, we did them because they made sense for our team in this alternate universe, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you guys say, well, that's not realistic or that wouldn't happen. You need to remember that we're reacting to the market people come to us with stuff and if we like it we're going to take it and also you know every move in this hypothetical universe alters the moves that make sense so a team may not need a catcher now but if they trade one in this alternate universe then maybe they're interested in one of our catchers all of a sudden so Uh i guess you just have to keep all that in mind i hope that's not too confusing um we gave you know we gave ourselves a 30 million dollar budget and just kind of said go for it and we've you know, we've talked a lot of to a lot of teams about a lot of players, and um, we're actually—I think we decided before we recorded—we're more or less 
done. I mean, we have a few small things we want to do, but other than that, we've pretty much wrapped it up. And uh, Ty, what's, let's let's start with this. What's kind of your overall takeaway of the simulation this year? Um, it's a bit different the last year, especially you know, last year our our plan was more so. Uh, we were buying, you know, te- teetering on buying, but also selling because we looked at Paxton yeah. deals, we looked at Hanager deals, etc. Um, but we were, you know, really kind of one toe in, you know, to everything. So this year, you know, we had a more straightforward, concise uh, plan, uh, you know, a, a path that we wanted to take, and that was to. You know, clear room for younger players to to uh, play, but also um, capitalize on on the market, capitalize on potential bounce back candidates um, to hopefully trade for more assets later down, on down the line, or to get veteran pieces in that might be able to help you in the, in the coming years. Um, and we did that by acquiring guys like Chris Archer. Um, yeah, we did that by acquiring a, a pair of relievers in the Domingo Santana deal. Um, you know, getting Aaron Sanchez, et cetera. So, um, you know, we we were able to trade D. Gordon, um, and was able to get something of worth back for him. If you look at that deal. We traded Malik Smith, D. Gordon, seven million cash to the Marlins, and got Lewis Brinson and Jose Urena. And um, you know, those are two major league players that could help you. Urena, how we have the roster constructed right now, would be more of a, a, a bullpen piece. But Lewis Brinson's a former top prospect, top ten, top fifteen prospect in baseball. Struggled at the major league level, but that's kind of a risk that we would be interested in taking and that's a risk that we think that the Mariners in real life would be willing to take um you know uh, so um we've looked at a bunch of different avenues we looked at Mitch Hanager deals we've looked at Omar Narvaez deal uh we've looked at so many different things um and it's been fun you know and it's been again it's been different than last year you know, last year we were more aggressive in the free agent market. Um, we were, again, like I, like I said, you know, looking to sell, but also looking to still compete. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's been um, <clears throat> been interesting to say the least. Um, like you said, this year we've been much more. Um, I don't want to say we, we have sold. Uh, like you mentioned, we tr- we've traded Domingo Santana and Alex Smith. Uh, mm-hmm. We traded D Gordon. We today, just about an hour before we started recording, we traded away Omar Narvaez. Um, so we have we have dealt quite a few starters. Um, we haven't dealt any of our top prospects. I think at last look, our best prospect that we traded was Juan Thin, um, oh. who we uh, we added in the Chris Archer deal. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a fun little exercise. Um, do you, Ty, do you have maybe a, a favorite deal that we've made so far? Um, yeah, I I, I love the the Chris Archer deal because we also got Kevin Kramer. Um, yeah, that was tough to beat. <laughs> who's you know one of the Pirates' top ten 
excuse me, one of the Pirates' top ten prospects. Can play a bunch of different positions. Um, hasn't really hit at the major league level yet, but has only played something like 15, 20 games, something like that. So, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I, I just love that deal. You know, we, we gave up one then, and Devin Sweet, and I don't even know how to say the other, the other guy's name, Nat Nail Garabitos. Nathaniel Garabitos, who we never even heard of. Nathaniel, yeah. Nathaniel Garabitos, yeah. And we didn't even hear of him. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know who he was, <laughs> quite honest with you. Uh, and the Pirates' faux GM was, said he wanted him, and we were just like, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, so, it's, yeah. It's, it was a bit of a, we bought low on Kevin Kramer. Um, yeah, we, did, we didn't even inquire about Kramer. Yeah, he was literally. Offered- yeah, he was. I okay. If we want to be as uh, transparent as possible, we, I I offered the guy Devin Sweet, one then Chris Archer, and then all of a sudden he came back to us and said he wanted Garabitos, and then said Devin Sweet and one then for Archer and Kramer. <laughs> and I was just right. like, okay, <laughs> and I'll I'll throw in Garabitos if you want. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it was uh, it was interesting. It's clearly a uh, a situation where you have uh, you know for them uh, for the Pirates you have a really frustrating major league piece who's pretty much a stain on your entire organization at this point, um, and a prospect former top prospect who you know only has ninety at bats at the big league level, um, but has been wildly disappointing and he wasn't particularly good in AAA. Uh, in 2019 either um, so I mean it's just you know it's one of those things man uh, people get frustrated and they, they make offers and they want to get guys off their team and you take advantage of it um, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's kind of tough to not you know put that one super high on your list of uh, things that you uh, you like um, you know I, I think uh, one of the useful bits of this exercise is that we uh we have talked Mitch Haniger with a few teams, um, and we just really haven't even gotten an offer that's come close. Um, yeah. You know, we, we talked with the Braves, and pretty much the Braves are offering us this year what Atlanta was offering Jerry DePoto last year for Haniger, and that was just not going to be enough, um, either then or now. Uh, we talked to a little bit about the, the Reds, but the Reds didn't want to part with any of their young pitching. Um, they weren't really interested in moving, uh, India or, uh, Hunter green or anybody like that. So kind of moved on from them. Uh, we reached out to teams. We, we even reached out to teams like Arizona who initially had interest, but then backed off when they acquired a new outfielder, uh, the Padres, uh, they've acquired three new outfielders now. So they're pretty much out of it at this point. Um, you know, at this stage, we're kind of out of team. So I'm guessing that we'll, We'll, uh, we'll end up keeping Hanniger in the sim, um, which is not something we necessarily planned, but it, it is what the market has shown us. And yeah. so, and you know, we're, we're a bit thin at outfield right now at the major league level after trading Malik's and trading Domingo. And we don't really know what Lewis Brinson is. Um, so we're, uh, we're probably looking at another outfielder in free agency now. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, our plan is to start Brinson, or sorry, uh, Fraley, 
Bishop and Lewis in uh, in Triple A next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we need we need players to cover that those gaps. Um, and you know it, it's just one of those things. Like if we're treating to me, we're treating Hanager like the Mariners should. We're testing the market for him. We're not getting anything we like or anything we feel like we can't turn down. So we'll keep them and we'll try again next winter or we'll try again in the summer, you know, and I think that's the approach the Mariners need to take. And I think it's one that they will take. So, um, you know, and it's, it's not out of the realm of question that in the next, I think the sim ends in, you know, 36 hours or something like that. It's not out of the realm of possibility that we find a Hanager deal that we like and we'll take it if we, you know, if we want to, but, uh, Mm -hmm. right now it's just not happening. So, um, I'd be interested in looking at maybe some prospect swaps still see if we can do something like that. You know, something similar to the, to the shed long Josh stores deal last year. Um, so we might still do something creative like that just to keep ourselves busy. Uh, give you guys more content too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think, you know, overall <clears throat> we're pretty satisfied with how our off season's gone um, mm-hmm. in the simulation. Um, just kind of bullet points. Like you guys know who we get, we've given up, uh, Domingo, Malix, D, um, who else? And Omar Narvaez now. Um, and, you know, big leaguers that we've added are, have been Chris Archer. Um, Aaron Sanchez. Like Aaron Sanchez, Louis Brinson, Jose Urena. Um, I don't know. Do we want to reveal the Narvaez trade now or do we want to wait? Um, it's up to you. It's up to you. I mean, we've already posted the update for the day, right? Yeah. Uh, you know what? If you listen to this podcast, you deserve to know ahead of people who just read the website. Um, <laughs> but if you listen to the podcast, please do go visit the website. That helps us out a lot. Um, yeah. But we'll, we'll let you guys in on a little secret. So we've traded Omar Narvaez and Taylor Gilbo to the hated Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Um, but I think we got a pretty sweet deal. Um, we were able to trade those two for Andrew Heaney the left-handed starting pitcher, and also uh, Brandon Marsh, the exciting outfield prospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of those things. This is one of those deals where you hear that and you go, "That doesn't make any sense whatsoever." The Angels need starting pitching, and they do in real life. What this GM has done this offseason, though, in our simulation, is uh, he went out and he bought Zach All Wheeler. All the starting pitching. <laughs> he bought like Zach Wheeler, Tanner Rourke. And I don't have the list in front of me. It's like Cole Hamels or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's acquired one in trade now. So he, he's basically gone out and rebuilt his entire rotation, which made Heaney expendable. Um, and so, yeah, we just, we were talking, he was kind of a, a surprise. We didn't expect him to come the angels to come calling on Narvaez. We were talking to, uh, let's see, we talked to uh, Cleveland who traded, or not Ozuna, sorry, uh, Perez, their starting catcher in this sim. Uh, We talked to uh, Texas, um, who definitely needs a catcher in real life, too. Um, So we had a few teams interested in Narvaez, and this was just a deal that we liked. So, um, yeah, Uh, Omar Narvaez Narvaez and Taylor Gilbo, and we got uh, a major league number four starting pitcher in Andrew Heaney, uh, who's just 28 years old, has two years of club control left, and Brandon Marsh. That's an interesting deal. The Padres Cardinals trade that just happened in our sum. So, uh, is it Bader and uh, Renfro? Yeah, yeah, Bader and Renfro. That's yeah. Um, yeah, so you know, it just it's really interesting. It's fascinating to look at 
Um, I wish you guys could see all the deals um, that get made. Uh, it's it's a crazy time. Last year, the big crazy thing things that were happening were mostly in uh, free agency. I think Bryce Harper went for like five hundred million dollars in our simulation last winter. Uh, this yeah. winter, it's been a much more trade heavy um, you know approach. Uh, I think Garrett Cole went for just south of three hundred million dollars, and that's been about it. Everybody else is. More or less, you know, anytime you're doing anything with fans, the prices of, of you know, premium players are going to go up a little bit, um, mm-hmm. particularly in free agency. Uh, but I think, you know, for the most and then the mid-level players, their value goes down because they're not exciting. And that's just something you have to you have to account for uh, when you're in a fan run simulation like this. So um, and that's pretty much been the case this year, but mostly it's been a lot of trades um, for, you know, big players. Uh, I just got an email that I need to put out there, make official on the, uh, on the sim board where the Cubs have traded uh, Chris Bryant to the Texas Rangers. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Didn't even know about that one. Did you? Um, let me, let me see. I'll, I'll break that on, on the thing too here. Um, so this is, I believe this is pending a contract extension with Chris Bryant. Um, but it says here that they've traded, uh, Josh Jung, Leotis Tavares, Brock Burke, and Jonathan Hernandez to the Cubs for Chris Bryant. So, so yeah, you know, things move fast here in the, in the sim world. So, um, we have not been, uh, particularly active in the free agent market. I think we've only put in one free agent bid as of this recording. And we won him without any counter bids. And that was Aaron Sanchez, who we signed for, what was it, two years, 17, 16, 17 million dollars, something like 17 that? 17 million, yeah. Yeah, yeah so eight and a half per. Um, yeah. So I, I think, you know, we'll wrap up our sim with uh, with a little bit of free agency, uh, maybe a few uh, prospect swaps or something like that. And, of mm-hmm. course, if Mitch Haniger, if a Mitch Haniger trade comes up, we're definitely open to that. So um, mm-hmm. you guys can check the, uh, the website, sotomojo.com for the daily updates on that. Um, like I said, it's a lot of fun and, you know, crazy things happen in the sim. Maybe, you know, when it's over on Twitter, I'll, I'll point out, we'll, uh, we'll talk about some of the craziest deals that went down um, in the simulation. So you guys can, uh, well, you can enjoy that. Cause I know I do. Like I said, that, that Chris Bryant trade is fun. Um, yeah. I, I don't know how super realistic it is, but I think, you know, it's, it's definitely fun and it's definitely interesting. So, uh, and that's really what we're shooting for. So, yeah, make sure you guys visit the website. Again, sotomojo.com, so you can keep up to date on all the moves we've made in the offseason sim. That's It's a lot of fun, and it is coming to a close um, here pretty soon. So make sure you guys, uh, make sure you guys uh, stay tuned for that. All right, now we get to the questions, and I really got to start putting a cap on these questions um, because – uh, last well, last week we got twelve in an hour. Um, mm-hmm. This week it looks like seven, maybe more. So we're just gonna dive right in here, okay? All right. It's it's mailbag time, so I'm just gonna. All right. Here we go. Uh, from our good buddy Seattle09 on Twitter. It's at Seattle underscore O nine. Um. He sends us two questions, really one, but you know, you get the idea. Uh, first, he wants to know what is the plan, which there isn't one. We know that already. So, 
That's an easy one. Um, and who else in the system would the Mariners consider for a contract like Evan White's this offseason? So we kind of talked about that a little bit, Ty, but yeah. if, you had, if you had to pick one, maybe – I don't. I don't really want to limit us to the guys who haven't made their major league debut yet. But is there maybe a a guy with less than one full year of service time that you would like to see the Mariners uh, take the Evan White approach with? I'm a big Kyle Lewis guy, so yeah. Did you sign Kyle Lewis to the exact same contract you just gave Evan White? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd do that. Yeah. So too, just because there's so little risk. Um, yeah. There's a lot more risk with Lewis than there is with White, in my opinion. Sure, um, yeah. Because Lewis isn't going to give you the defensive value, and he's also going to strike out a lot. And it's yeah, we saw some we saw some concerning things, even though that his debut was fantastic. He he yeah. definitely needs to be in AAA to start the year. Yeah. Um, unless there is some kind of amazing growth this winter, sure. I, I think it's safe that he needs to be in AAA next year. But that's fine. Um, and maybe because of that, more like that just glaring possibility the Mariners would wait until he actually makes his you know his he sticks before they sign him to that deal mm-hmm. um you know as to not waste service time but yeah I mean I, I'd be fine with Kyle Lewis um for me if I had to pick a guy um you know obviously you love Kelnick and Julio and Gilbert to sign these deals but this doesn't really make sense for them right now um they're probably you know Kelnick's probably shooting for something bigger uh, rightfully so, and so would Julio. Um, those guys are just a little bit further away from the big leagues than Evan White. But how about what if you could sign Shed Long to that type of contract? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, Long really flashed for longer than September. Um, you'd like him. Uh, you know, he's young. He's in his prime. So, I don't know. Shed Long is kind of a guy that I would look at and say, okay, well, let's see what we can work out with with shed long because i mean heck who was it ozzy albies he signed like a horrific extension no and it, correct me if i'm wrong but your comp for for shed, shed long, long is albies, albies. Right? yeah well yeah, albies yeah. albies signed a seven-year 35 million dollar deal that includes two club options at the end um so i mean he ozzy albies who had two or yeah, basically at the time he signed, one and a half full seasons of big league baseball, one and a half seasons of big league baseball under his belt, did a little bit better than Evan White did. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, if I can get Shed Long on the out on the uh, Evan White contract, I'm I'm down for that. Um, I think the biggest name that if you could sign to an extension, that would be a huge, huge, massive win for you would be Logan Gilbert. Yeah, I, it's just because of the rarity of pitching. Yeah. Uh, and if you think that, you know, he's the guy you think he is, yeah. um, he'll command a lot on the market if he reaches free agency. So, Right. I mean, plus if he's if you have a similar structure where he's under major league contract for six years with an option or two yeah. tacked on at the end at, you know, these type of prices, then his trade value probably goes up. Yeah. Um, so, and that's something with Evan White. His trade value probably went up today. Um, not that the Mariners would trade him right now, but I mean, he is controllable longer with a really team-friendly deal. So, we'll see. I, I would say you say Kyle Lewis. I'd be fine with that. I would say Shed Long. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, I'd be fine with Justice Sheffield signing the same deal, Justin Dunn, um, really anybody. Uh, anybody who, uh, you know, anybody who is better based basically on the same level, Kyle Lewis. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, probably wouldn't sign Jake Fraley to this yet or Braden Bishop, but I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like it's the deal is so safe that it's almost hard to find somebody if you like them and they're willing to take this contract or anywhere close to this contract, you just do it. Um, so, uh, thanks for the question there. Um, next up we have, uh, we have our resident Julio Rodriguez fan. Um, Julio de future at J rod show junkie on Twitter. He wants to know with the brewers now without grand doll who signed with the white Sox. in case you guys missed that, uh, they should be looking for a catcher. Do you think they'd be interested in Murphy or Omar? And what could we get in return if they are? Well, it's always tough to do the what can we get in return part of any question. Um, yeah. But I, I guess for me, I think, you know, would they be interested in Tom Murphy? I think almost certainly. Yeah. Uh, Murphy's a good defensive catcher who hits who hits for power. Um, that's valuable. Uh, to me, the real question here is Omar Narvaez, because we've talked about Narvaez's defense. Um, you know, going from going from – uh, Yasmani Grandal defensively to Omar Narvaez is like the Mariners going from, you know, Franklin Gutierrez to Sean Ming- Domingo. Santana. Santana. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's like prime Gutierrez versus last year Domingo Santana, really. Although, yeah. you know, I want to be fair to Narvaez. Narvaez did get better as the year went on, but he's still below average. Um, yeah. And he probably never will be more than that. Um, so is he going to be interested or is a National League club going to be interested in that guy enough that they will give you a good enough package to move on? Um, because right now Narvaez is kind of a good fit for Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't know. What do you think, Ty? <laughs> Obviously not good enough for us. because we did. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we got a number four starter with two years of club control and a you know, a guy who's probably going to be in our top 10 prospect list. Yeah. So Um, they had to pay to get him. Let's be clear about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think Murphy is a better fit. Uh, I agree with you there. Um, I don't know what you could get really. Uh, that's not Seattle. That's yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, you know, and, and and especially for Murphy. Murphy has more club control than um, than Narvaez. Five years or four years? I somewhere in between. I want to say he's at four now. I think he was at five when we had him, or like when we first got him. And I think Narvaez has three, right? Yeah, at least yeah. one more. Narvaez yeah. is are eligible for the first time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I I don't know. Um, I think Murphy makes more sense for them um, in terms of what you can get. I don't know, maybe a pair of B prospects, maybe a major leaguer, maybe someone like um, who's that one outfielder that they brought up after Yelich got hurt? Trent Grisham. Yeah, is that who I'm thinking of? It's the only guy I know that, uh, who got yeah. 
Yeah, so maybe someone like Trent Grisham. Yeah, someone in that realm if you're looking for a major leaguer. Yeah, I mean, Grisham is... I mean, he's probably closer to a fourth outfielder than a starting outfielder, but, I mean, it's okay. Um, Yeah. You know, like, I I don't think you're going to get, like, a Corey Ray. Yeah. Um, I'm not even sure if you would want Corey Ray. Um, You know, you're not going to get Tristan Lutz or uh, Bryce Terang. You're probably not going to get Ethan Small or you know, Joe Gray or anything like that. So, I mean, the Brewer system has taken a hit the last couple of years, um, which makes sense because they're good now. That's typically yeah. how it works. Um, but, like, Zach Brown is a guy who they did not protect in the Rule 5 draft. Um, he's probably, like, the headliner in a even a Murphy trade. And, I mean, would you rather have a probable number, you know, would you rather have a Mike Leak type of pitcher who's cheap um, or – you know, take the chance that Tom Murphy's for real and you have, you know, a, a catcher who's going to hit 25 home runs with above average defense and not kill you, you know, like Zanino did with contact issues, you know, mm-hmm. I'd probably mm-hmm. rather have the catcher if we're being honest. So, um, mm-hmm. I, I think they would be, uh, I think they should, you know, the Brewers should inquire about catching with the Mariners. I think their interest would be more in Murphy than Narvaez but I don't think the Brewers, unless they're going to move, you know, Freddie Peralta, Trent Grisham. Adrian Hauser. Yeah, I mean, you know, unless, uh, you know, they're going to move somebody that you Maybe really Maybe Corbin like. Burns. Yeah, and that, that just seems unrealistic. So, yeah. um, I just don't really see a, a good fit there for the Mariners because the Mariners are still better off right now. I don't know, man. Maybe Burns is possible now at this point. 2019 was pretty rough for him. Yeah, I mean, like, if, if you can get Burns for Narvaez or Murphy, it's probably worth the, the gamble there. Um, I just think the Mariners like having those three catchers on their roster. Um, in, in particular, Nola can do a little bit of everything. Um, I, so I, I think, you know, unless they're blown away, they're going to keep Murphy. And I think if they were going to move Narvaez, it would be for a guy like Zach Brown, probably. Mm-hmm. And... Are the Brewers going to do that? I don't know. Um, and plus, you might be able to get Zach Brown right now for free. Yeah, you might be able to get Brown for free. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there, there's probably a, a good, or there's probably a decent package the Brewers could put together for either one of those guys that the Mariners would have to consider. But I just don't really see them as there's not like a natural like, you know, hey, here's like. Orlando Arcia, the Mariners have a shortstop. You know, they're not going to trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's it? How do you pronounce it? Kesson Hiri- Yeah. Hiria. Okay. Uh, they're not going to trade him. Um, Travis Shaw is kind of an interesting guy, but yeah. I mean, he might get non-tendered and you have a third baseman and a first baseman. And I mean, it just doesn't really work for a position player. And then you look at their pitching, the Brewers pitching. And to me, that's a bigger need for Milwaukee than it is for than it is a catcher. So um, maybe if Jimmy Nelson had, you know, more than a year of club control left, that might be something. But overall, I just don't see like that obvious fit. So I, I think, you know, they'll probably be interested in Murphy and Narvaez. I just don't think they have the right type of assets to acquire them. That's mm-hmm. how I would answer that question. 
What do you What do you think? You agree with that? Um. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, if you're not getting like Corbin Burnt, like, is it worth? You know, is there a prospect that's worth it to you that players <sighs> would actually consider giving up? Mm. They're not giving up Terang. They're not going to give up Lutz. They're not going to give up Ray. Yeah, and that's pretty much where I would draw the line. Because, um, like, again, like Zach Brown, you might be able to get for free. Mm-hmm. I really like uh, Ethan Small, but they just drafted him this year. I don't know how. Yeah. Uh, and then you start looking at guys like Aaron Ashby, who kind of profiles as a, you know, a number four. Marco Gonzalez type, and, you know, Dre Supak, who's a, who's a nice arm. Like, they have enough to get it done. I, I just I don't know that they're going to be willing to give up enough to get yeah. it done, if that makes sense. Yeah, I've always really liked Aaron Ashby, but... Yeah. Like I said, they're, like, if they traded Narvaez for Ashby, I'd be fine. Um, I just, I don't know. the Bre- I think the Brewers would be so focused on Tom Murphy... And when you start talking Tom Murphy, there's just not like Aaron Ashby for Tom Murphy. No thanks. I mean, it's not bad, but yeah, like I'm fine. Anyways, uh, thanks for the question. Um, for Julio the future, uh, J Rod Show Junkie, uh, great Twitter handle. Uh, let's move on to a question for uh, from uh, Ryan Finch uh, at Ryan underscore P underscore Finch two underscores. That's bold. That's bold. Um, he says uh, he has a question regarding Evan White deal and is wondering why you think that was their first choice for a long-term signing. Interesting question. Why Evan White? Um, I, I, I think because of the defense, he feels like a sure thing or the closest to a sure thing that you can have. Yeah. You know he's going to be valuable in some capacity. Yeah. Um. Also, I think, you know, this is, I just, he, he really does feel the safest. I think um, also just the idea, uh, for all we know, the Mariners approached all of their young players and Evan White was the only one to engage. I mean, they said, we, we talked about, you know, Evan White made the choice to maybe potentially sacrifice money long-term for some upfront. Maybe they went up and they asked Logan Gilbert and he said, no, I'm good. I want to play this out a little bit, you know? Um, so it's possible that they asked a few people and Evan White was just the one. It's also possible that Evan White just got done first and there's they are working on deals with other people that we just don't know about. Um, so I think Evan White's done first because he said yes. And I, I think that's just about it. I, I don't really see it for any other reason. I mean, White is, he's a by all accounts, he's a good guy and he puts in the work and all that. And his teammates seem to really like him. So I'm sure there's something like that. But to be honest with you, I think it's mainly because he said, yes, so I'm interested in that type of deal. Let's talk. Yeah. So we'll see. Like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if we see another deal like this at some point in the next year. Um, But why Evan White first? Probably because Evan White is the most willing to go down this road. So, yeah. All right. Um, I wish I had more information for you, Ryan. Unfortunately, I, I just I don't. So that's my answer. Um, um, so Eli, uh, Eli Sellers, who's becoming one of our regular, uh, question askers here on Twitter, uh, at Eli Sellers 24. I think we know who the 24 is for. 
Um, very simple trade question. Ty, you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Who says no? The Mariners get Nick Madrigal, Blake Rutherford, and Dane Dunning, and the White Sox get Mitch Haniger. Ooh. I say the huh. White Sox say no. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah, Madrigal, uh, man, that's... I, I think they're. <laughs> I would love Nick Madrigal too, but I think they view Madrigal as their second baseman by May or June. Like. Sure. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm with you there. I just don't think Madrigal is. Uh, now, if you take out Madrigal and you're talking about Dane Dunning and um, Blake Rutherford, I think that's interesting. I. How- how about the, the White Sox go trade for Gene Segura to be their second baseman, and then we can get Nick Madrigal? <laughs> uh, that would be the best. Gene Segura just keeps on coming up roses for the Mariners. That would be excellent. Uh, oh. um, yeah, you know, if, if you took out Madrigal, I, I think the Mariners probably say no at that point. Um, I like Dunning. Uh, Rutherford really hasn't hit yet at the big league level. Uh, or, sorry, at the any level, really. Um Decent year last year, uh, kind of a hype prospect because he was uh, he was connected to the Mariners in the 2016 draft uh, when Kyle Lewis was there. They took him, um, but yeah, I, I mean I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a bad offer. I just think that um, with Madrigal in it, the White Sox say no, and without Madrigal, the Mariners say no. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how I would I would view that. Um, also, me personally, I'd be much more interested in uh, Jonathan Stiver. Than I would Dane Dunning. Um, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of Stiver's stuff and his control. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, like I said, I think it's in the ballpark. You can probably knock around a few pieces here and there, um, but I, I think you know that's a reasonable first ask for the Mariners. And I think it's also reasonable for the White so- White Sox to say, no, you're not getting Nick Madrigal for uh, Mitch Haniger in any scenario. So, uh, good question. Um, I think that, I think you have you know a uh, a foundation from which to build on in terms of the uh, a potential trade package. So, um, oh, well, our next question is basically what we just talked about. What's a realistic package from the White Sox for Hanager? <laughs> okay. Um, well, I would start by saying I think that Lewis Roberts, Michael Kopech, uh, Andrew Vaughn, and Nick Madrigal are out. Um, I don't think the White Sox are going to trade any of those guys. Um, well, scared money don't make none. <laughs> so look, it's possible because, in, again, context is everything here. The White Sox went out and they spent big money on Yasmani Grandal. Yeah. This morning they announced a three-year extension with Jose Abreu. Yeah. They are reportedly interested in Zach Wheeler, and I wouldn't be shocked if you see reports that they're you know, talking that they're interested in Garrett Cole and, you know, basically any big name, the White Sox appear like they want 2020 to be their first year of their window. So they could get really aggressive. And I forget who it was. It uh, was it. Sorry, I'm blanking on who put out the tweet yet, uh, last night or yesterday after the grand all signing. And they put up the potential White Sox lineup by June of 2020. Mm-hmm. And it looks really good, guys, with one notable exception. Right field. Huh. Right, right field. Needs <laughs> work. And it's not even like they have a terrible right fielder, but it, the right fielder isn't – he ain't no, you know, Mitch Haniger. 
I think it's with Lurie Garcia as their right fielder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Roberts is a center fielder. Eloy's the left fielder and the right fielder. So they could get really aggressive here. So what I, about um, Jimenez? Where's Jimenez? I'm not... Eloy Jimenez. Yeah, uh, he'll be the left fielder. Oh, okay. Left fielder slash DH. Um, so yeah, I mean, the White Sox could get really aggressive here. Um, it, they've also apparently have interest in uh, Castellanos and uh, in Osuna, so they want a worse player and spend a lot of money but not trade anybody, then I guess they could go that route, but be kind of stupid of them. So, I mean, things could, it could get interesting here. Um, I think the White Sox are probably the best fit for Hanniger right now. Um, you know, so I, I think that's, you know, a fair question. And I think it's fair to kind of peg them as like, like last year we looked at it and we said, okay, the Atlanta Braves, that's the best fit for Hanniger. Mm. This offseason, I think we can say for now the best fit is the White Sox. Um, but we don't know if the White Sox are interested. Um, but let's assume they are. I don't know, Ty. Give me you know, your November 22nd price tag on Mitch Hanniger from the Chicago, from the Chicago White Sox. Because it's tough, man. <laughs> Yeah, I want Nick Madrigal. <laughs> You're not getting yeah. Madrigal. Yeah, so. I know. I know. Uh, I, don't I think know. you have a better chance of getting Kopech. Yeah, and I would be fine with that. I would you know. trade Kope- Hanniger for Kopech straight up? Not straight up, no. Especially, like, Kopech had, uh, had Tommy, John. Tommy John, yeah, so, no. He's pitched in almost 18 months or so. Yeah. I probably now, would. if we're talking... Mitch Hanniger to the Rays for Brent Honeywell, who's kind of in a similar situation. Maybe. I like Kopech and Honeywell, so if I can get either of them, I would do it. But that's just. Uh, no. They um, said for me, um, it's interesting here is that the White Sox don't really have that that major league piece that would make that would make sense for them to give up that the Mariners are apparently looking for in Hanniger talks. Um, okay. You know, before last cent- or last season, um, a guy like uh, Lucas Giolito probably would have made sense, but he went out and had the great 2019, so he's he's out. Um, I mean, Reynaldo Lopez, maybe. Like, Only the White Sox had gotten Harper last year, or Machado, and we and wouldn't then, be having these talks. Um, well, if they if they got Machado. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about it. Yeah. 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 Magical. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm more so saying that if they went all in on last year, then oh, they right. could have talked about Hanniger for Giolito. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, you know, if you're looking for the major league piece, it's probably Reynaldo Lopez, who's fine, but not special. Um, I don't know. For me, I'm, I'm a big Jonathan Stiver fan. Um, uh, so I like Steel Walker quite a bit, uh, mainly because of the name. I mean, come yeah. on, Steel Walker, the outfielder. Eighty grades, eighty grade name. Eighty grade name. That is right up there with Utah Jones. <laughs> Utah Jones. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to get better than that. Yep. So yeah, if I can get Stiver, uh, Steel Walker, and like, I don't know, Reynaldo Lopez, 
might be a little bit optimistic, but uh, if I could get that, then I'm probably in. Um, even if I could just get Stiver and Lopez, um, I'd consider. It. You, you know, Lopez just kind of stands out. He's got um, he's got uh, three years of club control, just like Haniger. So um, Haniger's a better player, so you need something. So I think Lopez and Stiver is decent. Or maybe Lopez and Walker. Um, but we'll see. You know, you, did you find anything, Ty, that you uh, you want to float out there? That's not Nick Madrigal? Um, no? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I like Madrigal, yeah. too. So, I mean, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big you Nick get Madrigal, Madrigal yeah. I do backflips. I would yeah. learn how to do a backflip just to do that. <laughs> I'm right, right there with you. Yeah. All right. I'd probably, you know, wreck my knee trying to do it but okay um all right john dodson at uh i'm sorry at dodd sojo uh okay uh he wants to know now that the now that evan white is locked up what is your guess in regards to depoto's next move jesus um (laughs) ty what's what's jerry depoto gonna do next go trade for neck magical all right, you're out. Anyways, um, <laughs> we've lost Ty for the episode. He's watching the match highlights. Um, yeah, I, his next move. Um, you mean his first move? Look, no, look I, man, look, man. And 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 the and the simulation. The whites there. The Red Sox got magical for Nathan Avaldi. <laughs> so. I know, man. I wish you would have known magical was that cheap. Yeah. Um, he, he would be at the Mariners' second baseman. Sorry, Shed. You can go play left field or something. Yeah. But, I don't know, the Mariners' next move. Um, well, I... Here's the deal. I don't think Kaniger's the next move. Um, I don't really see free agent signing happening yet. Uh, I think the next move is something small. I think it's... You know, maybe a prospect swap or a lower end major league type of swap. Yeah, I guess I guess that maybe it's a maybe it's a Domingo Santana trade. Right, that's kind of what I was thinking. Um, yeah. Or maybe it's you know you acquire that that you know fifth starter to start the year. Maybe you go out and you get your Jose Urena or whoever it is mm-hmm. um, you know, for your middling prospect. Um, you know, I think it's going to be something relatively small. Um, you know, if you want to put like best odds on it, it's some kind of waiver claim or something like that. Uh, Jarrell Cotton still sitting out there. That'd be interesting. Uh-huh. Um, like just odds say it's some kind of minor league waiver claim, but, uh, you know, if you're looking for trade or free agent signing, my guess would be Domingo Santana's the next domino to fall. Um, or D Gordon. I think it's one of those two. Uh-huh. But, uh, we'll see. By the way, I, I did a uh, quick little note here. Um, Mitch Haniger does have a, uh, a bigger market this year. Um, I, I know one team already has at least had exploratory talks with the Mariners. I don't know how, how deep it's gone. Excuse me? And you haven't shared this information with me? <laughs> I thought it'd be fun to learn together. What um, the hell? If, if you're, <laughs> fine. If you're that curious, I just learned about it this morning. Uh, it's the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, okay. Now, I, I don't, like I said, guys, I only have very small information that I get. Um, I'm not trying to break stories or anything like that. Um, I just sometimes get past some information that I find interesting. 
Um, the Phillies are one of the teams last year. Um, you know, we kind of knew that it was going to be uh, Crawford and Santana. I was told that there was likely going to be a pitcher coming back to the Mariners. Um, it didn't happen, but it sounds like the Mariners were trying really hard to get Spencer Howard. Um, that uh, came out a little later. Um, so my information when, that I get from the Phillies is a little, you know, yeah. Uh, but I, I, I was told that the Phillies are, they at least talked to the Mariners about Hanniger, um, and they're not going to be the only team to do it this year. Um, I, I, I don't know. I can't tell you, like, were they serious or were they just, you know, probing for a, a bargain or I, I can't tell you any of that stuff. But, uh, last year, the market was one team. It was the Atlanta Braves this year. The Mitch Hanniger market will be more than one team. I don't know that. I still don't think they trade him ultimately, but there will be more teams involved this year than there were last year. I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. All right. And that's literally the only information I got. <laughs> just one, just one line. Oh yeah, Phillies are talking to talking uh, talking Hanager. Okay, cool. So that's that's nice. Um, that's that's the breaking news of this podcast, um, which isn't any news because I'm pretty sure we could have pegged that ourselves. Uh, but back to the questions. I don't even remember what question we were on. <laughs> so Mitch Hanager for Gene Segura, straight up. Oh, that's Jesus the deal. Christ. <laughs> no, um, but thanks for trying. All right, uh, let's jump up to uh, our good buddy Jordan uh, at Mormon Pizza Man. Again, great Twitter handle. Um, as there's some kind of truck backing up. Yep, yep. You can hear that. Yep. Fantastic. All yep. right. Yep. Anyways, uh, we've seen. So uh, Jordan asked, we've seen a lot of talk about getting this year's Kelnick, and Andrew uh, Vaughn could be the guy. Um, uh, Andrew Vaughn of obviously the White Sox. Um, and he's also interested in what you think of a trade for JJ Bled Day. Uh, I don't think you're going to get him. The Marlins are in an even worse rebuilding situation than you are. Um, so trading an asset like him doesn't really make sense. Um, as for getting the next, you know, Jared Kelnick, um, you know, I think, you know, Vaughn's an interesting guy. Uh, Vaughn is the. Uh, what was he? He was the third overall pick in the draft yep. uh, this year. Kelnick was sixth overall. Um, like you know, like the Mets, who decided all of a sudden they were going to be in last winter. Uh, you know, the White Sox are deciding they're in this winter. So I think Vaughn's a decent peg at that. I, I think the issue is who do the Mariners have to give up that's as valuable as Edwin Diaz was last year? <laughs> yeah, I don't think you have that. No. So I mean, unless you're you're trading, unless you know the White Sox get really aggressive, and they're going to give you Vaughn for, um, you know, Haniger, um, I just I don't see that being realistic. And also, you know, Andrew Vaughn's pretty much a first base only guy. Mm-hmm. You you just locked up a first baseman long term. Um, I'm not saying you say no because talent is talent, but. I just I think the issue with going out and getting your Kelnick this year is that you don't have your Diaz this year, so that's 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 going to be the the issue there, Jordan. Yeah. Um. Besides, we've already established if the White Sox want uh, Mitch Haniger, it's going to cost them Nick Madrigal. So. No. 
Exactly. Lock it has it been spoken by Ty. It is official. I, I have spoken. <laughs> I have spoken. Uh, um, Watch The Mandalorian if you haven't to anyone listening. <laughs> is there a new episode out? Uh, there's a new episode today. I haven't watched it yet, though. You know, is it, has it been released? Like, yeah, it's out. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Okay. Right. Baby Yoda for the win. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think if you're looking for a guy who could be traded, um, who was drafted this year, it's fairly highly thought of. Shane Langliers, I think, of the mm-hmm. Braves, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Braves That's a good are, one. Braves are certainly, you know, in it. Uh, Bryson Stott, you know, if the, uh, the Phillies are interested in Hanniger and, you know, Stott's a pretty good player. I don't think he's, uh, you know, Jared I don't think Kelman. he's a Kelman, but a yeah. uh, pretty good player. So uh, maybe somebody like that. I, I just, I don't know that the Mariners have the Edwin Diaz they need to go get the Kelmick that they want. So um, I think that's going to be the issue there. Mm-hmm. But thanks for the question, Jordan. As we uh, approach, I think we're over an hour now, which honestly, oh my God, we're at an hour 16. I got to shut up. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, whew. Trade idea. Here we go. This is from uh, Philip Smeraldo. Smeraldo. Sorry, I don't know how to pronounce your last name. At Philip Smeraldo on Twitter. Um, trade idea wants to know how feasible this is. Uh, Mitch Haniger, Domingo Santana, and Shed Long to the White Sox for uh, Andrew Vaughn and Nick Madrigal. <laughs> <laughs> so that's um, okay. Um. um. <laughs> I don't Not even Barry. know where to begin. Yeah, I don't. I don't know where to begin with that one. I mean, if you're the White Sox, why do you need Hanniger and Santana? Yeah, and exactly. Yeah, especially like, isn't Eloy Jimenez just a better Domingo Santana? Yeah, he's younger, better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Shed Long, I, I don't know. I don't think the they have Yon uh, Yon Monc- Moncada is their third baseman. Who's the second baseman? Nick Madrigal. So it's, a, it's um, about to be Gene Segura. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, basically the the idea I'm guessing here is that Hanager gets you Vaughn, and then Hanager and Long get you Vaughn. I don't know. Yeah, uh, Madrigal would get you like Santana and Long would get you Madrigal. Right. I'm guessing this yeah. dude. Yeah. Um, I think the White Sox would just rather have Madrigal. Yeah. Uh, and. They don't have to give up Vaughn to keep Madrigal. So mm-hmm. um, I don't think it's all that feasible. Um, I like the creativity behind it. I like trading multiple big leaguers uh, for multiple prospects. But it just doesn't make a lot of sense for uh, Chicago. Um, and it doesn't – I don't want to say it doesn't make any sense for the Mariners, but we just did just talk about you know how Vaughn isn't a great fit because Evan White's here long term. Um Vaughn's a really good hitter, and if he's in the organization, you're not going to hear me complain. Uh, just long-term picture, I don't know where he fits aside from DH for the Mariners. So we'll see. But uh, I think that's – I just I don't think the White Sox would be interested in that at all. All right, I think that is all the questions. If I did not get to your question, I apologize um, so much so that I'm going to go look and see if we have any last-minute questions. <gasps> no, we do not. Okay. So, yep, that's all the questions. Thank you guys so much for sending in all those questions. Um, I hope you enjoyed this 78, 79-minute podcast. 
Um, Ty, you have anything you want to say before we sign off and watch The Mandalorian? Um, go trade for Nick Madrigal. <laughs> Sotomojo.com is now a Nick Madrigal fan site. Yeah. So, anyways, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. These are coming out. Our schedules have kind of been in flux the last couple of weeks. We shoot for Wednesday. They're coming out Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. Um, so, you know, midway through the week towards the end. Um, so make sure you subscribe so you just don't miss any new episodes. Uh, go to sotomojo.com to be up to date on our off-season simulation. We have, we've had four articles go up this morning. Um, you know, we had Evan White. We talked about Evan White. We talked about, you know, how the success of the Sounders and the Seahawks are affecting the Mariners. Um, we wondered where the hell Jerry Depoto has been for the last month. Uh, we updated our off-season simulation tracker, um, if you want to call it that. So uh, all that stuff and more is up at the website, sotomojo.com. You guys can go, you guys can take a visit, read a couple articles that would really help us out a lot, and we would appreciate it. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at sotomojofs. Um, that is the best way to get a hold of us. Uh, we interact a lot on there. That's also probably where we'll, we will share, um, you know, big off-season simulation news and things like that. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at SotoMojoFS. Uh, you can follow Ty on Twitter at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at CPAT11, um, spelled just like it sounds. Um, you know, I mainly just tweet about Marvel and uh, the Seahawks from that account, but, you know, I... I'm Big Brother. Oh yeah, dude. Wait till Big Brother rolls around. <laughs> oh, you guys are fans of the show Big Brother. I'm sorry, we had to sit through that last season. Big Brother is to me what Nick Madrigal is to Ty. So, uh, oh. you just, you just <laughs> um, also if you want to tweet at the Big Brother people, so they'll cast me. That would be great too. But anyways, um, yeah, you, so you can follow us on our social medias. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any new episodes. And most importantly, guys. Visit SotoMojo.com. It helps our writers. It helps us. Um, there's a lot of good content up there. There's a lot of discussions that can be born from just headed to the website. So please, please, please go do that. And uh, I just want to say again, you know, thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. I hope the next episode of The Mandalorian is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apparently, it's the best one so far. That's, that's what I've read. Yeah. All right, man. I I cannot wait. So we're gonna go do that because we're nerds. But uh, again. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I will see you in another life. Peace out. Peace.